Cuts it back. 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Have you ever wanted to meet your favorite professional athlete? Packers stars of yesterday and today, including Devontae Adams, Amon Green, Jair Alexander, Antonio Freeman, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams are all available for bookings right now. Mayfield Sports specializes in these special moments between fans and their favorite professional athletes. Head over to MayfieldSportsMarketing.com to see the full list of available athletes to book your favorite professional athlete at your next event. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Quick Slants podcast at Game On Wisconsin. I am Jason Perrone of Game On Wisconsin and the Quick Slants podcast and Pulse of the Pack. Hope everybody's week is going well so far. So the Green Bay Packers coming off of a squeaker at Lambeau Field this past Sunday, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. They improved to 7-2, and two, and they are sitting comfortably atop the NFC North as if we didn't know that was going to happen. So the Packers leading the division just over the halfway mark of the season and trucking along, winning the games they're supposed to win, Remember, there's no style points in the NFL, so all of the stress that went into beating a team in Jacksonville that had only won one game at Lambeau Field on Sunday really doesn't matter. The Packers won the game, and that is what does matter. So a little bit of news came out on Tuesday. The Packers activated wide receiver Alan Lazard off of injured reserve. This was much expected. Lazard had a shot to to play against Jacksonville, his old team, But the Packers held him out one extra week. He was experiencing a little bit of soreness from that core injury and recovering from surgery. But Lazard will be active and ready to go against the Colts this weekend in Indianapolis and just in time. So the Packers, as you'll recall, were not able to make a move for a wide receiver at the trade deadline. So Lazard, in essence, becomes your big addition to the wide receiver room. But when you've got some inconsistency going on with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown hasn't been very good. Malik Taylor is has been okay, but they don't trust him to play a, a bunch. Tyler Irvin has been needed at running back with A.J. Dillon being out and Jamal Williams the week prior. The Packers were playing some musical chairs, and so they need all their guys back, and Lazard coming back is a big boost to the offense. He hasn't played since week three when the Packers beat the New Orleans Saints. Speaking of the Saints, kind of a bummer. Drew Brees gets hurt this past weekend. Hopefully he recovers well. Always like to see the legends feeling good and playing well, as long as they're not doing it against the Packers. The Packers already beat the Saints, so sure, you know, get better, Drew Brees. I hope you feel better soon. So, Alan Lazard back. Wide receiver position solidified. The Packers offense, you know, did did okay. They did what they, they needed to do. Aaron Rodgers threw a bad interception on Sunday. You kind of, you know, I... I, the post-game show, I think Bill Michaels and Gary Ellerson that do the, the, the Green and Gold post-game show, uh, we're kind of talking about the win maybe being a factor. I don't know if I want to make that excuse. I think Aaron Rodgers just threw a bad ball. Hopefully it's not one of those things where he's starting to get a little careless with the football. 
I mean, I, I know a lot of people want Rodgers to take more chances and throw the ball downfield and throw it into coverage and give his playmakers a chance to make plays, but you got to take care of the football and you don't want to just throw it up there and, and not take care of it and not be good with it. Turnovers are going to get you hurt and, and they're going to be very costly as you move into more meaningful football games later in the season. So Lazard, the big news. The other news that hit just after the game on Sunday, or actually uh, might have been during the game, but David Bakhtiari was extended. He was given a four-year extension. He will average $23 million per year. He's the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history as of today right now until the next big-time offensive lineman signs their contract, and then they will be the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history. At that time, it's just the way that it goes. So the sticker shock is a little bit crazy, and there's some out there that don't like the fact that the Packers are throwing all this money at a left tackle who's about to turn 30, but it is one of the premier positions in the NFL, and he is, in fact, elite, he being David Bakhtiari. So that is the going rate. By the time his contract is up, should he be fortunate and should we be fortunate to have Bakhtiari still playing for the Packers and playing well, that contract is going to be average or a bargain, as crazy as that sounds. So that's how quickly the tide turns with contract and money situations in the NFL. So David Bakhtiari will be back. I'm all for it. There's some that would have said, hey, I, I would have rather they would have kept Lins, Corey Lindsley, Kevin King, and Aaron Jones versus one David Bakhtiari. Again, Bakhtiari plays a premier position, left tackle, and you just don't let those guys walk out the door and risk either signing somebody to come in or drafting somebody you hope is going to be able to replace David Bakhtiari for less salary or less money. It's risky. It's risky. It's not something you can afford. Aaron Rodgers needs his blindside protected. When Jordan Love comes in and takes over, Jordan Love's going to need his blindside protected as well. Bakhtiari, over the course of the next four seasons, has a good chance to be protecting both of those quarterbacks. So the Packers make it official. So Kenny Clark, David Bakhtiari are done. And then whoever's going to get the next contract, I'm not sure. But, you know, again, you've got Aaron Jones, Kevin King, Corey Lindsley, Jamal Williams, among others that the Packers have to consider getting signed or getting done. But those are the biggest names there. Kevin King Missed several games now with that quad injury. He wasn't able to play against Jacksonville. Will he be able to go against the Colts? I certainly hope so. The Packers didn't have either of their starting cornerbacks this past week. Jair Alexander missed a game. He was not out of the concussion protocol. King missed the game with his quad injury. You would hope that both will be back and ready to go against a much more talented Colts team in Indianapolis. It's going to be a big road game. It's going to be a big test for the Packers. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But that, as far as the contract goes, Kevin King is one guy that I think might have played himself out of the contract conversation. So maybe Corey Lindsley moves up. He's having a good season. Aaron Jones is having a great season, as always. And I think there's already been some smoke about Jones re-signing with the Packers. So usually where, where there's smoke, there's fire. Jamal Williams, not sure exactly what the Packers are going to do there. But... Maybe David Bakhtiari had it right. I mean, back when the Chiefs were signing all their players this past offseason, and he was asked, hey, do you think you're going to get a new contract? The Chiefs are bringing back all their veterans. What, how does that make you feel? And David Bakhtiari basically said, look, if a team wants to bring a player back or he wants to re-sign a guy, he can do it. So there you have it. 
We'll see what happens with the Packers and what they're able to do. But David Bakhtiari will remain a Green Bay Packer for at least four more seasons after this year. And that is a very good feeling to have. And Bakhtiari is also one of the good guys in the locker room, too. You know, so there, there's that intangible piece there that he brings to the, the value that he brings to the roster and what he provides for the team. So the Packers, as a team, lead the NFC. They're the number one team in the NFC. They now are atop the conference, which means anytime you're at the top of the conference, you control your own destiny. You can just win enough games to maintain that one seed. And this year, that's very important because now the way the playoffs are structured with the extra team being added, only one team's getting a bye. So if the Packers don't get the number one seed, they're going to be playing in wildcard weekend. And there's a chance they're going to have to go on the road if they get to the conference championship game, and the one seed ahead of them is still playing. So the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, one thing he has not had is an NFC championship game at Lambeau Field. For everything that this season has been, say what you will, the Packers have a chance to host the NFC championship game. It's always the best case scenario when you're hosting one of the most important games. I mean, the most important game that you can host on your home field, unless you happen to be a home team Super Bowl, which we have yet to see, is the conference championship game. So the Packers have a lot in front of them, but they've got some tough games in front of them. And that actually starts with this coming weekend against the Colts. That's going to be a tough road game. One that the Packers, if they can win, obviously will make a big statement. But, uh, you know, I wanted I wanted to mention something. I saw a stat that was really interesting because the Packers on Sunday really struggled to pull away from Jacksonville. In fact, they were down a couple times in that game and Jacksonville really brought the energy and just were really physical with the Packers. Devontae Adams didn't have a very good game. He fumbled. Rodgers throws the interception. It was just a very uncharacteristic looking day for the Packers against a team that they really should not have struggled against. But interesting stat here, Rashad Gary had seven pressures in that game. Five of them came in the fourth quarter. It's like finding a second gear. You know, the Packers realized, hey, we got to make some magic happen here. We got to do something. And on that last drive, when the Packers got two sacks, finally, somebody stepped up and made a play. Rashawn Gary gets some pressure in there. And then you, then you had Preston Smith finally getting a sack. Zadarius Smith had a sack earlier in the game. That pressure is, has just not been there this season. And when you have two corners that aren't starters, and you're also not getting pressure on a quarterback, Jake Luton is not going to be mistaken for Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers anytime soon. But he looks really good when he's got a ton of time to throw. And that's what he had on Sunday, unfortunately. That was a problem for a while. You know, and the other other thing is James Robinson ran the ball extremely well. I want to make it sound like Luton threw the ball 40 times. And that's why the Jacksonville was in the game. But that pressure is so important. And, And the Packers are going to have to find ways to get pressure on the passer. This coming weekend here, you got Phillip Rivers. He can't move around. He can't run. You got a stationary target in the in the pocket. The Packers better get home against Phillip Rivers. I keep talking about the Colts game. I keep referring to it, but there's some some things right there. But for those who, but you know, please everybody, please tell me how the Packers wasted a first round draft pick last year by not taking whoever you whoever else you wanted. You know, Rashawn Gary's a bust. He doesn't like playing football. He's not motivated. He didn't do much. You know, he was a rotational player in his rookie season. It was a waste. Well, he stepped up and made a big play, and he helped the Packers win a game that they really had no business losing. So I think Rashawn Gary's starting to pay some dividends, and the pass rush has some options. And look, if the Packers, you know, talking about some of these contracts and some of these players, one thing you can do if you want to sign a guy is make room. Well, 
one of the things the Packers could do is move on from somebody that that early. And one of those guys could potentially be Preston Smith. If Preston Smith doesn't turn it up and start playing much better over the course of the rest of the season, he could become a cap casualty next season as the Packers look for ways to keep some other players. So, And they could do that because Rashawn Gary has been really good and stepped up. Rashawn Gary and Zadarius Smith as a running mate there, as pass rushers, you could do a lot worse than that. So heck of a fourth quarter by Rashawn Gary, the first rounder from a year ago. And that's what that's what the development process is about. Sometimes it's not about the first season. But he's found a way to take over a game and become really impactful. And hopefully he can build on what he did against Jacksonville. And he finds that second gear at a really important time when it's needed, a.k.a. late in the season, a.k.a. playoff time, right? Uh, one draft pick who did not perform well on Sunday was the punter, J.K. Scott. J.K. Scott does not look like he was worth a fifth-round pick as a punter. Way too soon to take a punter. He's from Alabama. He's got those long legs. You thought maybe the pedigree was going to be worth it and he was going to be the answer for a long time for Green Bay and punting. I guess he could still become that, but it's looking more and more like that's not, unfortunately, not going to be the case. Special teams have had their struggles. They gave up a long kickoff return for, actually, a punt return for a touchdown, and that is just inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. Special teams find a way to trip over themselves seemingly once every single game, and the Packers are not going to continue to be able to win in spite of that moving forward. So, all right, finally, on to the Colts. Packers head on the road to Indianapolis. The Colts have a really good defense. Our own Isaac Gregg wrote about this matchup at Game On Wisconsin. Go take a look at his write-up if you haven't. It's a nice breakdown of what we can expect to see the Packers get in terms of who the Colts are. The Colts are talented at every level on their defense. They've got good cover corners. They don't bring much pressure. So the Packers' offense is going to be tested by Indy's defense. This is a defense who, if you if you make the kind of throws Aaron Rodgers did last week, it's probably going back the other way, and, and you, know, you hope it doesn't get taken to the house, but it's happened once this season already. I know the Packers aren't playing in Tampa, where two of his three pick six have taken place in his entire career, but the Colts are going to make you pay if you throw a bad ball, and that's just the way that it goes against Indy. Offensively, the Packers will get their first look at former Wisconsin Badger running back Jonathan Taylor. He has been their top running back in terms of carries, although his carries have slipped a little bit over the past few weeks. But the Colts run a a pretty good offense. You know, they're going to have to take advantage. The Packers defense is going to have to take advantage of the few mistakes that Phillip Rivers chooses to make every single game. He's going to throw up a couple Give you a chance to take them the other direction. Packers have to take advantage and be ready for that and and make them pay. Absolutely make them pay and take it to pay dirt if you can. The Packers have have just the one interception for a touchdown by Shannon Sullivan this season. Would love to see another. Would absolutely love to see another one this season this this week. And maybe it's Jair time. Jair's got to get his he's got to get his first. You know, he's got to get his first chance to get into the end zone and do something special. So hopefully he's back from his the concussion protocol and ready to go against Indy. 
I remember I was in the house the last time the Packers played in Indianapolis. 2012, Packers had a big lead. This was the Reggie Wayne game where he he just caught everything in the fourth quarter. Mason Crosby missed a field goal by six miles, and it was just an awful, awful ending. Terrible ending to that game. Should not have turned out the way it did. Really nice facility. Lucas Oil Stadium is a really nice facility, but it didn't make up for it when the Packers lost the way they did. It was That was ugly. It was definitely an ugly day. So Reggie Wayne will not be out there, and it's not going to be Andrew Luck at quarterback, and it won't be Nick Perry getting flagged for sacking Andrew Luck, uh, causing a fumble, which got negated, which was kind of dumb, but, you know, I, I digress. Um, if I wasn't in the house for that one, I don't think I would have remembered it or given you any of those little factoids there, but rare matchup between the Packers and Colts. Packers have not won against the Colts on the road since, I don't know, Kennedy was in office. I mean, it's, it's been a really long time. It's been a really long time since. In fact, I don't know if the Packers have beaten the, the the Indianapolis version of the Colts on the road. So it's just, you know, it's just another example of a team that they just don't play well against away from Lambeau Field. I think the Chiefs were another. They didn't, they didn't play, you know, I don't think they've beaten Buffalo on the road. Like just some of these AFC teams that they don't play very often, they just don't play well against. But this is one of those times that if the Packers want to make a statement and they want to do something special this season, they've got to find a way to win big games on the road against really good teams. You got to rise up and play your best game and show that it's not a fluke. It's not a flash in the pan. What you do is really, truly effective. It works and it's special. And I'm not going to say the Packers are special. I already made that mistake once after the Indy, after the, not the Indy, after the New Orleans victory. And then I was quickly made to, to realize that I, I spoke too soon as they had their struggles against Tampa Bay and then, of course, against the Minnesota Vikings in another blustery day at Lambeau Field. That did not turn out as well as this past Sunday's game did. So Packers will have the Colts, and then they're going to get the Chicago Bears at Lambeau Field. And Bears quarterback Nick Foles in the end of the the game against Monday night game against the Vikings was carted off. Looked like he had a pretty bad injury there. So the Bears quarterback situation is to be determined and decided because Mitch Trubisky was also dealing with an injury and didn't play in that game. So again, the Packers, you know, they're getting some unique situations that are available to them based on when they're playing some of their opponents, but they're not the ones that make the schedule. So this is one the Packers have to go out and try and, and find a way to get a win. This is one of... I think one of the few marquee games left on the schedule, to be honest with you. You know, the the 49ers game was supposed to be one Thursday night. It didn't end up being that because of how many injuries the Niners were dealing with. Well, the Packers are going to have to go out and find a way to beat the Indianapolis Colts. Frank Reich, former Buffalo Bills quarterback, will be at the helm for Indianapolis, and he and his team are going to have a solid game plan coming out, so the Packers are going to have to bring it. So everybody get over to Game On Wisconsin. Check out all of our great content over there. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where all of our live shows go. You can join our Facebook group, like our Facebook page. All of our live shows will stream wherever you prefer to be. Check all of those out. The Jamal Williams Show every week, the Swag Bag Giveaway, All those things, all those great things going on at Game On Wisconsin, all the great work that our team is doing, all of the great content that they're putting out. So we'll be back again next week. 
for another edition of the Quick Slants podcast. And hopefully we are talking about a Packers team that is 8-2 and two and took care of business in a huge road game against the Indianapolis Colts and have a ton in front of them remaining in the remaining part of the season. We can all get on the ESPN playoff machine and just enjoy the heck out of it for the back half of this season. Thanks, everybody, for riding along. Hope everybody is being safe and staying warm as we move from fall into somewhat of the winter season. Everybody, uh, enjoy the game coming up this weekend, and go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae. From right to left, cutting left to the 50, to the 45-40. Track down from behind. 